beans. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Triple Feature. Uh, today is our 14th episode? Nope. It's our 15th. 15th episode. So, welcome to number 15. My name is Emma. My name is Freddie. And I'm Seabur. And together, we make Triple Feature. Uh, we're going to watch, not watch, sorry, we're going to talk about the final film in our January theme, which is Mockumentary. Mockumentaries is what we're watching, if you don't know what that is. Um, so, we're going to wrap it up and also uh, recap all of the movies that we've watched in Mockumentary January's month. Are y'all ready for that? We're ready. Okay. That was probably really loud. That was probably very loud. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do before we do that is catch y'all up to speed on all the things we've been watching. Um, Sea Bear. Since we have last gathered since our last recording, what have you been watching? I showed Tasha the holdovers. Ooh. Very good. Nice, nice. She enjoyed it. Um, this is just a wave of, hey, you need to watch these movies because it's award season <laughs> and they're really good. Because um, last week of Talk to Me. But yeah, the holdovers, it's just rewatching it again trying to get my list finalized down of mm. top shit um and yeah Hold it's on. just a very she bear huh? we're not we're werewolves not swearwolves no yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but on a full moon it's allowed is it's it a so... full moon <laughs> Ooh, ooh, wait, let's let's look it up. Yeah, we're gonna look it up. If it's a full moon, we're gonna we're gonna be swear wolves today. <laughs> moon phase today. <laughs> if it's not, we're not gonna be swear wolves. <laughs> but oh, but yeah. not even close. Wax and crescent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us, tell us what else. But we yeah, got. the holdovers. So wait, is that your second or third time to see the holdovers? That is my second. Nice. But I knew the last time we talked, it seemed like I was a little down on it in the vein of like, oh, it won't be like a uh, Christmas classic in a way and stuff. And just like kind of like reckless I with it. But it's still like I still really enjoyed the movie. And this rewatch, I was like, yeah, this cements like this is for me. And I guess like I don't even want to say select group of people, but just like cinephiles and stuff of like yeah this is gonna be a christmas classic i still do think it is gonna be hard to break to like normal audiences for people to rewatch it but i do think like it depending on the award season and the amount of talk and traction it's been getting it could it could get there but for for me personally it's it's there yeah, um, something I kind of realized this past holiday season, which was pretty pretty recently, is movie people are really the only people that are rewatching Christmas movies, um, and there's a lot of people that just don't watch movies at all. 
So I think it's probably going to be in the same vein as like an elf or like a, you know, something that's more recent. I could see it getting a nomination. Oh, it's going to be nominated. It'll be nominated for Best Picture. It will be nominated for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Original Screenplay for sure. At least those things. Yeah. I don't know if it'll necessarily win anything, but I think that it'll just Joe Randolph will win Supporting Actress for sure. That's the only for sure win. Yeah. Which deserved for sure. Um, yeah, I just uh, but I do think it's going to become it's I think you're right. It'll be something like Elf where like it get it almost becomes like a Christmas cult classic. Yeah. Um, what else did you watch? I went to the theaters and I made my way to the surprise musical of the year so far. <laughs> mean Girls. Uh, <laughs> for people surprise! that don't know. This is a this is an adaptation of the Broadway show that is an adaptation of the 2004 movie which is an adaptation <laughs> of a book. So, which is the exact <laughs> same situation as The Color Purple. Yeah. <laughs> Literally like word for word. The Broadway musical which is an adaptation of the movie which Just is an, an adaptation, adaptation of, of a book. book uh and now it's back as a movie it's like full circle <laughs> yeah but mean girls very good <laughs> like it's what we we're kind of saying last week of like it's it's just mean girls again and i think that's what audiences want but like the audiences don't want musicals <laughs> i'll say that went to a screening that everyone did know that it was a musical there wasn't any complaints um, which was nice. A lot of teenage girls uh, commenting on how hot the new uh, guy is. Oh, my. And also <laughs> Regina George. Yes, she um, is hot. But, but yeah, like, I I like musicals. I really like musicals. Uh, my grandma liked musicals when she was alive. And so, like, I think I carry that tradition down um, with watching musicals. But this one I was interested in because uh, I don't live near New York, so we'll probably won't get to see the original run of Mean Girls on Broadway. Um, Bummer. Chicago is just now becoming a theater city, so yeah. by the time Mean Girls gets to Chicago, might be another five years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if this is the only way I get to watch the Broadway version, in a, in a sense, I'm happy with it. The music's really good. I think the it's like I think the best part about it is how much Tina Fey has learned to like update her work. Yeah. Cuz she has talked about that in interviews and stuff of like how like she can admit that the 2004 one doesn't hold up. Like there there are some stuff that in there that is kind of like ooh. A little like, I don't know why I, Yeah, I don't know why I wrote that, but to like keep updating it each time and learning from those mistakes i i like that versus just being like a, a you know a corrupt and just being like no it was, it was in the original so we yeah, should keep like it that way doubling down <laughs> on your uh yeah your your bigotry and things like that i mean i'm i'm here for an evolving person so as long yeah. as you're willing and to so, learn and change and update your views where there's space so for yeah. you 
so with all that like it it's really cool i mean seeing tim meadows is always a delight <laughs> again um but yeah like Detroit it's pretty much out. mean girls <laughs> um it's pretty much just mean girls the whole the whole time i'm like oh i know like you know where the story's gonna go if you already seen the original so at this point like the only thing that i was waiting for is like oh, is this going to be a music part? Or, like, what are they going to do, I guess, differently here? Or how are they going to, like, make this a choreographed number? Mm-hmm. So that was the more interesting thing than just being, like, oh, like, like is Regina George going to get hit by a bus? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like type of stuff. Yeah, so, but, like, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I think it might become a slow burn for me in the vein of, like, pitch perfect where it just slowly creeps into guilty pleasure and then goes into just pleasure (laughs) i think the more i watch this music i think the more i watch this musical version i think it might surpass the original for me just because i do really like the songs but as of now it's like a seven out of ten for me but cool i i wouldn't be shocked like if this will be in my top top shit for 2024 (laughs) the more times i see it (laughs) and then lastly i watched the big one the ashes and diamonds 1958 andre uh pardon my pardon me because it's a polish filmmaker a lot of them are very hard to pronounce pronunciation um it's hard on Andres uh, Wojak. Sure. Uh, this is this is a movie that I saw in my film class um, with my Polish professor, notorious mm. Polish professor, um, that just would show us banger after banger, meaning Polish World War II films that make you depressing and sad each week. Yeah. Um, this this movie is the third out of a trilogy from this director. That is about World War II and Poland. Um, but this one is about Malik, who is part of, I believe, well, I have it worked up, the, an- the anti-communist underground. And he's sentenced to kill the local secretary of the Polish Workers' Party. And basically, this takes place after World War II. And it's kind of talking about a Poland slash Polish people reconciling with the the war and everything, Mm. especially around the time where I watched this with my best friend, Jason, who was over for the weekend and he really likes history. So he gave me a lot of insight about this. I wanted to show him it because I know he'd be the only person that would watch this out of my friends. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, he was like telling me like, yeah, it's very, it's such a liberal film, especially for its time. And especially when Russia was coming in to try to take over Poland with the Germans. So like the Germans and the Russian were basically trying to take over Poland. And then Germany kind of walked out and Russia started coming, coming in. And so it's a film that's kind of talking about that and trying to reconciling with what is Poland in, in, in a way. Um, it's a movie that I've been reconciling with myself of whether I really like it or not. Mm. I know I really like it. I've been giving ever since I saw it in college, but it's a movie that like puzzles me in the wane of like, I don't understand why the story is pretty simple, but like the cinematography is very good. Like it's just, 
a movie that I can't really put into much words of like why this is cinema, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Honestly, like, cinema yeah, is and, cinema because it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, like I was, it just like every time I watch it, I just I'm like, yeah, like this movie rules. <laughs> it's really like, fucking good. And if yeah, you like I, are interested in watching it, it's on HBO Max. It's on the Criterion Channel, and it's on Canopy. Nice. And it's in the Criterion very, Collection. Very yeah, ride, I widely available. Um, honestly, Poland um, like has a very eclectic like film really great film industry over there in poland yeah yeah it is like it's really um it's really fascinating like how many like even just in like the criterion channel like collection alone tons of those movies are cold war on there is cold war on the criterion channel cold war is one of my favorite polish films it's not i don't know if it's on the channel but it's in the collection because i own that blu-ray it's not on the channel yeah. The last cuz that that director's other movie I also own on Blu-ray which is Ida. I also yeah. like Ida. Oh, okay. The last um, Polish movies I watched were the Three Colors trilogy by Krzysztof Kozlowski. I and own that. <laughs> the, yeah, the honestly really great movies. I'll say yep. the the Saw I think that it's in college. I I think it's White is probably my least favorite of the 3. Um, they're all really fascinating as a unit, though. Yeah, but if you're just them. gonna watch one, watch Three Colors Blue. I mean, it, that's a fucking incredible movie. Swearwolves. Um, oh, swearwolves! Whoops. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. I will. I will say with Ashes and Diamonds, it's the third. It's the third out of a trilogy. <laughs> but A Generation and Canal are the other two movies that are part, quote unquote. But it's not a trilogy. It, it's just it's like a loose trilogy. Um. But like Canal is really good. I think I've seen Generation. I have to rewatch it because, again, they kind of like when your Polish professor shows you these movies and they're all black and white and they all kind of seem the same because it's about World War II Poland. They kind of mesh together. So, but like this Ashes and Diamonds was the one that kind of like stuck out to me where I was like, "Ooh, this is different." Nice. Um, and those are the ones that kind of hung on to were, were the ones where I liked and I'm like yes like like this rules like witness or the player these are other movies that he showed in class and stuff but yeah cold uh we didn't watch cold war but we watched Ida in in class and I really liked okay. uh Ida but yeah the Polish cinema you'll probably be seeing a lot more with me because I've been trying to make it a a goal of mine to go through all of my criteria he's on uh, a Polish my kid. yeah, my Criterion collection, at least the ones that I bought and I just bought and I haven't watched. Where I'm like, I need to watch these. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Ashes and Diamonds. If if you're on that Barnes and Noble, like I don't know what to buy for the Criterion collection. I would say pick it up. It's a good restoration too. Looks beautiful. Cinematography is really great. Nice, nice. Freddie, what did you watch oh, this week? Alrighty, so um. My movie, one is, um, I it's actually a rewatch for me. We that we we've recorded these two episodes a lot closer together than we normally do. Um, not that Sneak I have way more movies than I scenes. normally do, but you know, there's less, there's been less time. So, mine was a rewatch, but I watched um, 
the I watched Space is the Place from 1974. And from Ace Hardware. From Ace Hardware. Yes. Uh, no, it's directed by John Coney, but it is a it is a like Afrofuturist. Oh, I love that. Jazz movie about Sun Ra. So if you don't know who Sun Ra is, Sun Ra is like uh Sun Ra is an incredibly eclectic uh like jazz fusion musician. He's it's one of, he's one of those people where it's like if you're somebody that's into jazz this is the guy that your favorite jazz musician says is their favorite jazz musician kind of thing. Like Barry B. Benson? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but so he, like Sun Ra has like this whole like lore around his um, like stage persona that he was like this per- like this this being from another planet. So like the story of the movie is Sun Ra has found this other planet and so what he is going to do is he's going to go to Earth and he is going to get all of the black people together and then bring them to this new planet where they can basically live free from the, the white people. Planet Earth. Yeah, of <laughs> the Earth and not have to deal with everything that's been done to them in the past on this fresh new planet. So like they come to Earth and they play jazz to recruit people. And so it's it's almost like it's almost like the wall where it's like music mm. um like like music plays like throughout the movie and like all sorts of different songs um but it's such it's honestly it's a such a cool movie it, but it's really like it's really out there and it's just a it's a it's a fascinating watch I really enjoy it um and it's funny because like this is actually like this movie is how I even heard of Sun Ra in hmm. the first place. Um but and he's playing himself in this movie. He is. That's kind of cool. And so he is a very fascinating very fascinating person with some very fascinating music. Um and it's it's just a it's just an all around good time. I will say it's not for everybody, especially if you don't like if you're like not a jazz person. Uh, Sun Ra might not be the person to try to convince you to like jazz uh-huh, because it's yeah. like pretty. It's out there even for like quote unquote jazz sure. standards. Yeah. Um. But like, there's a scene where he clears out an entire club by he's like playing the piano, but then he starts like soloing and like. Uh, it just turns into like noise and then like everything starts exploding inside of this like little like jazz club and people are running and screaming and it's like yeah you know they're like oh my god like you're really like uh, you're like a powerful entity yeah um but yeah i mean that's that was my rewatch cool. that's my that's my one movie one if movie. that sounds interesting to you check it out it's on HBO Max and Criterion Channel uh, streaming service. Uh, they seem to kind of overlap quite a bit. Those two, yeah. those two streaming services. But um, sounds fun. Sounds interesting. Sounds like a Freddy movie. Yes, <laughs> very much so. 
<laughs> um, all right, moving on to what I have watched in the last few days since we last recorded together. Um, I watched Night and Fog. From 1956. Yes. Finally. Um, Now it's a party. So now it is true. All three of us have watched Night and Fog. Um, And um, uh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I couldn't even like, I couldn't even. So uh, for our audience, Night and Fog is like a half an hour uh, short film. It's a French film, and it is uh, from 1956, so, you know, about a decade after World War II, and it's um, a lot of, it's a lot of footage of what the concentration, concentration camps look like uh, 10 years after um, the end of World War II. And it's also a lot of found footage from what the Nazis um, recorded. Yeah, and, and it's also footage of the of some of the concentration camps being dismantled. Yes, that's a lot of it too. Um, so, um, as you as can be expected, there's a lot of horrific things, and I will say I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of movies about World War Two. I've seen a lot of movies about the Holocaust. I've seen a lot of footage from the Holocaust, like not even like dramatized versions of it. I've seen horrific things. I've seen Schindler's List, um, which is pretty (laughs) horrific. And I will say I haven't seen a lot of things that were in that movie. And it was really, yeah, it was really traumatizing. I would say specifically, I think what there's like, if there's one thing, if there's one thing I saw, in this movie that really uh, uh, disturbed you, disturbed me the most. Yeah, I was gonna be a swear wolf for a second. <laughs> uh, it was probably the the women's hair. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and the pan when it pans up and it just yeah. keeps going and, it, and, and going. Oh, and, and yeah, going. It's just it's just the 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 most amount of human hair that. I could have ever imagined mm-hmm. more than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Um, so, and and that's just like a tiny bit of it. Like it's 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 all it's all about the scale. I think that's what they capture the most is like the scale of yeah. the tragedy because you know you you grow up and you go to school and you hear the word six million over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. but it's just a number, and so you don't really. You know, that number is pretty detached from like your idea of what six million people being genocided is actually like. And I think that's what Night and Fog kind of does pretty well, Um, even though it's horrific and disturbing and it's not fun to like see those things and and sit through those 30 minutes. But um, it, it definitely helps you visualize what six million looks like in a way so um it's 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 tragic yeah i think night and fog is one of the most important films ever made period 
Yeah. I'd honestly put yeah. it above that. It is like genuine. Yeah. His, it's it's like a genuine historical document. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that honestly, Night and Fog should be Night and Fog should be the mandatory watch when learning about the Holocaust. Agreed. And it's wildly uncomfortable, it's, but it's like you want to teach this historical truth. You should probably show kids this historical truth yep. and night and fog manages to do more in 35 minutes than most movies about world war ii do in like an hour in and half an half. hour yeah um, it's it's yeah. it's it's, a sh- it's really got like for our audience like it really does not take up a lot of your time and i am a better person having watched yeah. it and sat down and given my time to do that and really paid attention to it and put my phone away for you know 30 minutes and looked at the screen and read the and then yeah a lot of it is there's a lot of narration happening and you have to you need to listen you need to read it the subtitles because it's in french unless you know french and then you can just listen but But (laughs) that and also that the closing the closing monologue for it is yeah the the closing quote is is an absolute incredible piece of writing to end that, to end that film on, um, closing, I think it perfectly captures the point of that whole movie. It, yeah, the Go closing, the closing quote, closing couple of sentences is what I just used for my letterbox review. I didn't even rate this movie. I don't feel like I can possibly rate human suffering. Doesn't seem very cool. Uh, but yeah, it just says we tell ourselves it was all confined to one country, one point in time. We turn a blind eye to what surrounds us and a deaf ear to the never-ending cries. Uh, that was relevant in 1956, and it is relevant in 2023. Yep. So, anyway. Yeah, so that was Night in Fog. Um, <laughs> on top of that, I watched Nyad. NYAD, which is a 2023 release. It's on Netflix. It was a straight to Netflix. Well, that's not true. It had a theatrical release, but uh, it's a straight to Netflix kind of movie uh, starring Annette Benning and Jodie Foster. It is based on the true story of Diana Nyad, who is a marathon swimmer, mm-hmm. and her determination and dedication to swim free solo i don't know if there's a word for that i know that's like a climbing term <laughs> the equivalent of the free equivalent solo for of free, swimming yeah in the ocean i'm assuming in the ocean from havana cuba to key west florida jesus uh and it was about 60 <laughs> straight hours of swimming so um i would just say like the performances are really gr- great like annette yeah. betting is incredible um jody foster's really good um, both of these women were nominated for SAG, um, and which is why I watched it. Um, so I think at least one of them will probably be nominated for an Oscar. Um, and yeah, I would say it's pretty good. It's pretty like it's pretty inspiring. It's a true story. It happened fairly recently. Oh, oh, <laughs> the kicker to all of this is that she she tried to do this when she was like thirty, yeah, and she couldn't. This movie takes place when she's 60 years old. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I thought you were going to say that she's pregnant. I was like, God damn. <laughs> no, this movie takes place 
30 years after oh, her first failed attempt, attempt to do this. And oh she's like, God. you know what? I'm not going to give up. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, so you could Google Diana Nyad, Cuba to Florida and see if she's successful or not. Or you could watch Nyad um, and uh, all of that. But I would just say the only thing that I didn't really like about this movie was that there was so much in this movie spliced here and there edited that was like documentary footage mm. that I just would have preferred a documentary. Yeah. Like I just I just would have preferred a documentary about this instead of the dramatized version of it. It's like a it's like a it's like a so does it end up coming off more like a documentary that relies heavily on dramatic reenactments yeah. of things rather yeah. than Well, I wouldn't even say that just because we spend so much time with Annette Bedding and Jodie Foster that they feel like fully realized characters, but just I just when it when it comes to stories like this, I just I just always prefer the documentary. Yeah, I just I just always do, um, and that's just a preference for me. So yeah, Nyad, pretty good. Um, I went to see uh, All of Us Strangers at the movie theater, and I will say this was, um, well, the, the theater experience was fine. I'll get into the movie in a second, but I just have to. I just have to rant about my local Imagine Theater. <laughs> go call them out by name. No, it's here's the deal. Like I go to this, I go to this theater all the time because I am a loyalty member and I get a lot of rewards and perks. And so, I mean, I get free tickets all the time. I get free popcorn all the time. I get free drinks all the time, um, and I get free parking because I'm a loyalty member at this um, theater. But Damn, you, the only reason parking. why I have all of these rewards is because I go to the movies all the time. And I go to the movies all the time because I see movies when they come out, the day they come out. Mm -hmm. So I have on my account six, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six free tickets that I can't use <laughs> because you have to wait two weeks for a movie to be in their theater in order to see it. Oh, it's the fucking same shit that I did to deal with at my theater. <laughs> yes. That's he's, so fucking he's, stupid. He triggered him. He's been set off. Oh, so, my God. But, yeah, because it's like. But here's the, here's the biggest problem with this, because, like, I understand for a movie like The Marvels, which will be at Imagine Theaters for three months. Yes, I can understand I know, that yeah, for a movie like <laughs> even something like Mean Girls. Mean Girls will probably oh, be in theaters so for triggered. a month, two you know, months, two maybe. months, maybe. But for a movie like... All of Us Strangers, which technically had a limited release on December 22nd. That is yep. more than, that's almost a month ago. It had a limited release and I have been feverishly refreshing my apps to wait for this movie to make it into theaters in my city. Finally, January 12th finally it arrives in detroit 
and it's probably only going to be in that theater for a week. Yeah. And I get there and they won't let me use my free ticket, even though this movie has been out everywhere for three weeks, even though they're probably not going to have it next weekend because it just came out at that theater that weekend. And I just have to say, BS, how am I supposed to use these free tickets if I go to the theater every week to see movies when they come out? So here I am. I'm going to wait two weeks to see Mean Girls so that I can watch that shit for free. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. At least your Imagine Theater, I can imagine that it's like an AMC, correct? Um, it is, it, it's, it's just a, like it's a normal a movie theater. Yeah, it's a Cineplex. So the one that I'm pissed about is Palm Springs. Fuck you, you bastards. I know, swear wolves. But these <laughs> motherfuckers, they are like an Alamo, they're like a, a low, like scum of the earth Alamo draft house where it's like, we charge you premium for food and everything. And these free tickets say it's a free ticket quote unquote for the movie but you still have to buy food and everything and i'm like you know what that's fine that's gonna cost me twenty dollars but whatever at least i can see a movie and they said the same thing you can't see a movie there until it's two weeks and all the movies that were playing there were like literally a week or just about to approach two weeks and they're like, yeah, we, we you can only you can only use your free ticket for one movie. Then what is the fucking point of a free ticket? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, the studios so- have basically cornered the theaters in this and have said like, we need to show at least the first two weeks of our movie being open like actual true numbers and what we're grossing yep. and we can't do that if we're giving away free tickets fine this is why but like this, this is specific why movie has been out for three weeks y'all like i know i have been waiting this is, <laughs> this is why if cinemark if you are listening i will i will get a tattoo for you guys i love you <laughs> I love you, Cinemark, because they give out free rain tickets, free tickets, and you can use it for anything, minus the IMAX. I understand. That's an upcharge. You had to pay the extra $2 for that. But I go there, and I'm like, oh, I have this free ticket. And they're like, yep, here you go. Yeah. Like, it's so so easy. It's so easy. All right. Well, so that's my gripe. Hey, Imagine Uh, Theater, fuck you. um, Palm Springs, fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> as far as the movie all of us strangers go i'll say it with my um, chest definitely the saddest theater experience i've had this year i haven't cried because you didn't have to use your free ticket no for real <laughs> i think i cried more <laughs> in this movie than in a very long time um and it's not the same kind of like cathartic cry as well not cathartic but like um it's not the same kind of cry as like everything everywhere all at once or like mm. Barbie, yeah. but like really, really sad. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh, so about, like, for the about audience, time like, sad. go Damn. into that theater cautiously if you're going to go see all of us strangers because it's super sad. Um, and just, you know. It's it's good. I really enjoyed it. I I gave it four and a half stars because I thought it was a very good movie. Uh, but yeah, just keep that in mind. Um, 
Then I watched because it is now streaming on Apple TV as of January 12th, this past Friday, Killers of the Flower Moon. I rewatched it. It's um, here. It's Watch finally it. here. Um, yeah, so if you have not made your way to see Killers of the Flower Moon yet, um, and you have Apple TV, we would love for you to watch it. Um, it is it is required viewing if you're a fan of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, and I won't say that I had like a spare three and a half hours at home by myself to watch this movie. So I did take it in strides. It took me a couple of days to finish. Uh, so if that's the case for you, you can't find three and a half straight hours to dedicate to Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, that's unfortunate, but understandable. It's a long movie, but every minute is important. So um, just watch the movie. Just watch the movie. Watch it in parts if you have to. Although, listen, I'm going to be in your subconscious looking at you knowing damn well you binge watch some TV show for six hours like three weeks ago. So just remember. Freddie is watch the, the devil on your shoulder. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then watch it and then go back to uh, the episode that we recorded uh, back in October where we discussed Killers of the Flower Moon in depth and watch the episode with joel where we also talked about killers of the flower moon at the beginning of it yes that was the following not the following couple couple eps later yeah that's the Um, full metal jacket episode full metal jacket episode we talked a little bit about basically that movie has been um a staple for us yeah wouldn't you say yeah i would say cool um so yeah, that's what I watched. Woo, we did it. Um, moving on. <laughs> so another movie that all of us have watched is my pick for mockumentary, mockumentary. Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clements, 2014 comedy, What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh. It's a little spooky, but it's mostly a little funny. <laughs> it's mostly comedy here. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I I really hope that if you're listening, you have seen what we do in the shadows. I hope you have. If you haven't, um, you know, it's not if you haven't, it's a very easy, enjoyable movie to watch. Um and if you don't know. If you haven't seen it for some reason, you don't know what it is. It is a it is a mockumentary about um, four vampires that are flatmates, and so we, <laughs> you just follow them around as they we get a glimpse into their little vampire life in New Zealand. And they live in New Zealand, as Freddie just said. We have Viago, who's played by Taika Waititi. We have. Vladislav, who's played by Jermaine Clement. We have Deacon, who's played by an actor I don't know. Um, 
and we have Peter, <laughs> who's played by an actor I don't know. Um, and they kind of start off as four roommates. Now, don't confuse. Isn't, De- isn't Deacon just a clarify? Isn't uh, Freddie Deacon the other half of Flight of the Concords? Oh, he might is it, be. Is it Brett McKenzie? It might be, but. I- I believe so, because this is around the same time when they're, you know, they're all collaborating, Tyka, Jermaine, and yeah, Brett. Yeah, it might be. Um, Here, I'll, I'll, so, don't confuse what no, we do in not. the shadows. It's uh, J- uh, Johnny Berg. Don't confuse, oh, what, confuse what we do in the shadows from 2014 with the television show that has had several seasons on FX hulu um same concept mockumentary about vampire modern vampires in the city hey if you if you know what i'm talking about if you know what i've just referenced you're a real one Mm -hmm. i don't think freddie or c bear know what i just referenced but Mm -mm. modern vampires in the city um and yes they're it's basically just kind of following them around. I think the show, they get into more like situational comedy kind of things. Yeah. Um, I have watched every episode of the show as well. Um, but yeah, it's the same concept, the same um, produce. I mean, Taika Waititi and Jimmy Clement are very heavily involved in the show. They're just not um, more, main characters. More Jermaine. And well, Taika's in it. Um, yeah, but, but it's like... It- <laughs> It's from what I can gather, it's the show is more Jermaine's baby than Taika. And it is going to have its sixth and final season sometime this year. We'll get those episodes. So, yeah. um, If you like the show, you're really going to like the movie. Um, So, yeah. What are some what are some things that we liked about what we do in the shadows um i think one of i mean i really like i mean since it's since it's mockumentary um i think i i really enjoy the way that the film you know like all of these like all of these mockumentaries sort of recreates the documentary feel um and since it's sort of you know horror adjacent um a lot of the like remake parts are also almost come across as like references so like all of the handheld footage when they're in the house and when they're outside is like very much like blair witch project inspired with like the the camera on the light or the the light on the camera yeah um and you're just kind of like following them around and then um also the use of the use of all of the b-roll and like cutaways where you know like you're getting the backstory for these vampires Mm -hmm. but they're like hundreds of years old so it's like instead of you know like your traditional b-roll it's like drawings it's like medieval drawings and paintings of them um i just think it's it like it adds a lot to the to like the documentary feel of the film and i think it like i think it low-key does a very like I think it's a, does a very large portion of you know really really creating the documentary feel in the film 
itself. And when I'm watching it, like this is maybe like the third or fourth time I've watched this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm just like every time I rewatch it, I realize more and more just like how much work must have been spent on purely making all of the images and everything yeah. that they cut away to over the course of this movie because there like is tons of it. They're recreating photos from decades and centuries. Yeah. Um, well, like I would say it's, you know, a modern uh, setting and then there's some um, pictures from like the 60s and some yeah. pictures from like 2002. Um, and so there's a lot of like... Um, yeah, they're not just creating. They're not just recreating decades. They're recreating centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the show does that too. Um, and I just love the theme song. <laughs> it's every time. Every time I would watch the TV show, I mm -hmm. would I would just sing that song all the because it's is that in the TV show? Yes, as well? it's the I'm, same. Yeah, yeah that's the theme song of yeah, the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it came on, and I was, you know, I was watching this movie, and it's probably the third time I've seen this movie too. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's the same song, and I'm mm -hmm. just like, heck yeah! See, you know, they kind of introduce <laughs> not, that, not you catching yourself, swearwolf. I swearwolves. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the B roll's very good. Um, I really liked, like you were saying, when it came to comparisons to the Blair Witch Project because while that is like a quote-unquote found footage film it's not a mockumentary mm -hmm. um yeah the I, when they're chasing Nick through yeah. the house and it's you know completely dark and he's he's lost um yeah. and it it is very reminiscent of like Blair like a Witch found footage or found horror footage movie. horror yeah. you know um Oh, I was going to make a joke at the beginning of this, and I didn't. Oh, no. I was going to make a joke that I don't remember watching what we I was going to do that, too. It's on my notes right here. I forgot. It's the last thing. The last thing on my notes is I don't remember the movie. No, I was going to say, like, what movie are we talking about? <laughs> I don't remember watching what we uh, do in the shadows. Damn it. Damn it. We two, know, if that's, if that's not how the show down, ends, that's going to be so it. disappointing. I know. They have to end it like yeah. that. <laughs> so for our audience... Uh, if you if you stayed through the end credits, um, Deacon tells the camera, go, talks into the camera and compels the audience to forget everything that they saw. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to say that I, I don't remember <laughs> what movie we're talking about or anything that happened. Oh, man. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. That's so funny. We were both going to do the same joke and we both and we forgot both to forgot. do it. Oh, it's man. okay. We're saying it anyway. Um. <clears throat> no, but I was going to say there was one thing that happened in that chase sequence when they're chasing Nick through the house mm -hmm. that I thought was so cool, which is when Deacon is in his backpack. Oh, yes. That looks so <laughs> good. His like arm comes out of his backpack mm -hmm. and then you see his face and then Nick throws his backpack off of him and then Deacon starts like crawling out of it. Yeah. And it looks really, really good. I was going to say like there's some really good visual effects mm -hmm. and practical well, the blocking effects. blocking in it is, is good. And stunt work. I yeah. specifically liked when they were flying, when they did like the crumping at each other, but also when Deacon is chasing Nick after he is responsible for killing Peter and mm -hmm. Nick is like in the 
top corner of the yeah. dining room and the police come in and and um Vlad Vlad is just holding Deacon's legs. Yeah. But he's like half flying and they just have to be there for a long time and it obviously like there's suspension and like there's there's things that are making it look like that but I was like that is such a funny like position mm-hmm. to just be in cuz like Jermaine has to like look like he's holding Deacon back and he's yeah. just like talking to the cops. He's like, "Hey, how's it going?" Also like the fact that like they knew that like they knew that like the cops had showed up at the house and they still chose to wait like that for uh-huh. like the 30 seconds that it takes the cops exactly. to get upstairs exactly. and it's like well, <laughs> well i guess we're just gonna sit here it's goofy um oh wait that's no good no fire alarms no smoke detectors <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could talk about some moments like that that were funny. Um, I I really liked when the cops were there. They were downstairs and they're literally standing on top of two dead vampire hunters and a burnt to crisp vampire. And they're like, you know, talking about, oh, there's no smoke detectors here because they're compelled not to notice anything strange. Yeah. And the deacon's like, we should kill them. And she- and Vlad is like, hold on, let them let them tell us some more safety tips before we do that. And then we'll and then, and we'll, then see. we'll see. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> we should probably <laughs> get a... some smoke detectors in here. Yeah. What is the what's the bucket? They're like, oh, what th- what's this? Flammable this paint. Is, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, paint. This is flammable. And you had it right beneath an elect- electrical source. And there's a phone on top of it. <laughs> They're like, wow, that's really bad. Oh, yeah, there's there's a lantern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lamp, a lantern, not a phone. They don't really, they're not really with the 21st century yeah, until, or the 20th century for that matter. Yeah, until what's his name shows up and <laughs> brings him the internet. Is it Stu? Yeah. Is that his name? Stu. Stu. Brings him the internet. Yeah. But also until cameras. Uh, and I was like, when they were getting ready to go out at the beginning, and they have to like draw pictures of each other to tell oh each other God, what they like look like. I was like, it is 2014. You have cameras. And you've had cameras for like a century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so well, like it's... that's why I'm like, man, they are stuck in the 19th century. Yeah. Like, gosh. Yeah, it's the thing. This movie does the same thing that like you have to suspend disbelief with yeah. the show yeah. as well. Yes. Where it's like they they do the situational comedy, but then you have to be like, but wait, like when they because like even in the show, there's like bits where like the characters will say like, well, we were famous in the '80s or because they've been alive for centuries, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, and they might have partied with this person or done drugs here, but then you get to like something they're like, I've never seen a cell phone, and you're yeah. like, well, okay, yeah. like <laughs> like that doesn't really make. sense sense but again it's more mm-hmm. of like you have to be like the 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 writer's room of being like wouldn't it be funny if yeah. x y and z plays out yeah. and it's always yes yeah, <laughs> so of course it like, wouldn't it be funny just... if they had to draw pictures of each other yeah. what they look like <laughs> because they can't, because they can't look in the mirror like <laughs> yeah uh, it's, so it it's like, like yeah that's so great uh, yeah yeah you or like them when Stu when Stu does bring the internet, it's like, wouldn't it be funny if like they he just shows them videos of sunsets and like <laughs> all the things they can't see in the daytime? <laughs> yeah. 
I will say they They're do like, kind of make it seem like they do make it seem like Stu introduces them to specifically digital cameras. So mm-hmm. I guess if we want to make an argument, we can say that the yeah. only cameras that they're really familiar with at this point are film cameras that need to be developed over time. Yeah. And they can't go to a camera shop, a red room or or a dark room in the daytime when they're open. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of you do have to suspend yeah, your disbelief. The point is, because what I was funny, oh, yeah, stuff's funny. Because yeah. <laughs> the point I was gonna make is like the thing that I like about this movie is how much of a runway it is, obviously for the show, but like the movie is like with the influences of like not just Blair Witch, like it is influenced because this is 2014, so you can see the the impact that The Office and like a lot of like American sitcoms that were doing the mockumentary style or even British of the British office. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 have it with the situational comedy and stuff. And so like the fact that like I watched this movie and I'm like, oh, like this like this one section would have been a whole episode of the show. And then I have to realize like, oh, that's because like they're learning from like other <laughs> other mockumentaries because mockumentaries aren't big movies they're big tv mm-hmm. so they're trying to take that and bring it back to a movie setting and yeah. i thought that was that was very interesting especially like the like one that i was like this this is literally like a whole bit in the show it's like the the whole vampire the whole vampire party at the yeah end, at the yeah. End. yeah that's a whole episode <laughs> in the show yeah of just like learning about the beast and everything <laughs> yeah and i was i was kind of thinking about and yeah i think we're talking a lot about the show and I think that's inevitable. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard really, not to. It's hard not to because they are so intertwined. But yeah. um, I was just thinking about the characters in the movie and how they're translated to characters in the show. And it's like, um, like Vlad is kind of like a mixture of um, Laszlo in his like you know he's really he's really like sexy and he's really like he always just has you know there's always i don't know he's just like got a lot of draw to him but also yeah. he has that that history of of he's got charisma well he's he also has that history of like deep history of like torture and yeah. and and war which is very say, much him, like call him by his proper name which is Vladimir the poker. The poker. Yeah. The poker. <laughs> the poker. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is honestly one of my, which is honestly a great setup and payoff. Well, because that's like, that's like Nandor. Because yeah. Nandor is like the <sighs> conqueror, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, um, but then it's yeah. like the, you got your, uh, like the, obviously you got like your, you know, your Vlad the Impaler. But yeah. The, the, the poker. I do, I, I think it is so funny that they pay that joke off again. They do. Like halfway through the movie when it's like. On Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. Or we could poker. And he's like, poker. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. He like looks at the camera. Um, Lots of great jokes in this movie. Um, Taika is doing something very different than what I think we might be used to seeing Taika. He's doing kind of like like dweeb like mm-hmm. he's kind of like a like a 18th century or 19th century like dandy um and there's a couple of things because he's very all, he's all about cleanliness 
yeah. and you're like you're a vampire dude um but he's all about cleanliness and like when he brings home that that poor woman <laughs> who just wants to travel the world yeah and he's like sad <laughs> he's like the way he looks at her the way he looks at her when she's like i really want to like you know, I, I worked I worked so hard to get where I am, and now I can just like travel. And he just he looks at her for the longest time, like you're not going anywhere. Yeah, like, <laughs> sorry. But like he like puts down the he starts the putting newspaper. down the newspaper on the ground and the towels on the couch, and um he's and then he goes down to see he goes down to wake up Peter for the for the house meeting for the <laughs> yeah, and he's like there's a lot of stuff on the ground, and he says. Oh, it's a spinal column. Yuck. Yuck. But would it be okay um, if I brought down like maybe a broom or something? You could sleep, sweep up some of the skeletons. Yeah, the skeletons. <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing something very different um, because Taika is like, I think Jermaine is playing like the super sexy one and like IMO Taika is very attractive and he's kind of like. He's a, he's a. He's a handsome man. He's a very handsome guy. And he's kind of like dulling his like sex appeal in this yeah. a little bit and kind of being very dweeby. And obviously he ends by like turning his 96-year-old love of his life <laughs> into a vampire. You could call so me a cradle see. snatcher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says, what's this 96-year-old woman doing with a guy four times her age? Yeah, which I do think is one of the fun. It's like such a great like bait and switch line. Um, <laughs> kills me every time. But yeah, that, um, that yeah. Go, like what what you're saying kind of goes to like one of my points of like the collaboration and improv, like the improv of like us eventually getting to like all of our favorite quotes and everything but like <laughs> the collaboration like we have to remember that at this time taika wasn't the star that no. that we are like he hasn't made thor ragnarok yet and so yeah. the biggest name in this is jermaine surprisingly and i think that's what's that's what's so weird is that now a lot of people kind of forgot i think a lot of people have forgotten about jermaine and it's all you know taika taika mania <laughs> um, which is fine, but but it is something of like watching this. I'm like, man, I miss this. I miss this era of when they were like doing Flight of the like. Obviously, Brett and Jermaine are Flight of the Concords, but Taika directed quite a bit of episodes for for the show. Yeah, and so like their collaboration was like very strong, and especially with this movie, that I'm like, I miss this style of Taika. Where like he wasn't so like, yeah, like like your shit's awesome, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like really rising up. And I feel like it's like an Icarus thing where like he flew too close to the sun, but it's like I don't think so. I still think Taika has so the stuff. I just think that he just needs to like find. He just needs to find that muse again. And I think yeah. Jermaine was Jermaine and them were were his muse. <laughs> yeah. So I think I like Taika's producing work probably more than I like his directorial work even though I think Jojo Rabbit is the shiz but um, I specifically like what he's doing where he has kind of made a name for himself mm -hmm. and everybody kind of knows who he is um, he's the director of these movies he's also the star of these you know movies and shows and he's often in his own films and things like that but he's he's kind of using 
his name and his platform platform to produce these shows and um shout it out and films that are specifically you know giving representation to indigenous people if you don't know anything about taika waititi for our audience he is from new zealand and he is from i mean he's an indigenous um person he's also part jewish and um specifically like reservation dogs is what comes to mind (laughs) reservation dogs is like is like some of the best tv in the last 10 years like like way up there for me if you haven't Um, seen it go out there and fucking learn yeah um swearwolves no i'm just kidding um (laughs) not in the face of the spirit yeah (laughs) reservation dogs is great um yeah but i i think that's just like kind of like what he's been doing a lot of lately which i appreciate there's another um show that i watched flag means death Yes, uh, that's not that's not necessarily one of them oh. that I was think. That's not the one I was thinking of because I I brought up I was going to bring up our flag means death, not necessarily as indigenous representation, but queer representation, and that oh, that, yeah. that 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 show just got canceled at HBO, which is a big bummer, and there's a lot of drama <laughs> mm. um, on the uh, on the part of Warner Brothers CEO for that decision. We don't have to get into it, but anyway. Um, yeah, I just I do think Taika could, you know, collaborate with Jermaine again. Uh, but I think he's also kind of has his sight on like using his platform to uplift like smaller voices yeah. and like marginalized voices. And and I, I you know, I'm here yeah. for that. <laughs> well, and honestly, though, I think that that's kind of been like intertwined with his career the entire time because it's not like yeah. like you were saying, it's like he's come up with. Um, like Jermaine and Brett. And so it's like they were coming out of New Zealand and it's not like New Zealand has like a, a, a like a super budding national film industry. It's like most of the films that you think about when you think about New Zealand are not made by like directors from New Zealand. It's like Lord of the Rings. Right. And that's like if you if somebody Mm -hmm. said name a movie from New Zealand, it's Lord of the Rings. But that's not like from New Zealand, whereas like Taika is coming like from New Zealand. And and so I think it's it's almost like becoming big enough within the within the realms of like this, you know, smaller community to then have this platform. It's almost like he's just doing what he's been doing all along. It's just now he has now he has the name and access to other communities that he also sees as being overlooked in like film and television yeah yeah he just has the spotlight and i think with that it's just what where i'm coming from is just seeing the the negative of it all because you know when you're when your shit's too hot you know at some point you're going to fall. Well, people yeah. just want to just, come you know, to the hate. Thor. Yeah. Well, well I, I think, to, it, I think it's just work. after Thor love and thunder with yeah. that being pretty, pretty bad that it's just like, Oh, like, is he good? And it's like, no, cause like, I still believe in him. I still want to see next goal wins, but also um, nothing. You cause can I'm waiting do, for that. Uh, I think it's almost, it's almost difficult to judge directors on, 
anything that they make for Marvel at yeah. this point. It, like, well, yeah. You have no, you have little to no say. Like, you're there because Marvel knows that your name sells tickets. That's yep. why they put Sam Raimi yep. on, you know, Doctor Strange but it's not, 2. Yeah. Like, that's why. It's not even just it Marvel. There. It's just more of like him being in so many things like he was in free guy people didn't like him in free guy people didn't like him in light year like he just keeps popping up in things and yeah. that's where i'm like if he's gonna keep popping up in things let's have him and jermaine pop up in something together like let's let's get that again yeah. like let's see let's see if let's see if that spark can actually light again because i think with jermaine it's like i just want more of him again because i also just miss him being in the spotlight again yeah because i feel like Brett. the last big role for him was moana Get so. uh, get Jermaine, get Taika, and get Brett, and let him make the next Muppet movie. And I'm have oh, I was just about to say another motherfucking <laughs> yeah. award for his soundtrack. Oh heck yeah! For yep. another Muppet. I movie. would love a Taika Waititi Jermaine Clement Muppet movie. Yeah, get that. Well, apparently going. the rumor is that they want Greta Gerwig to make a Muppets movie because apparently Ooh. she likes the Muppets. I want it's Greta Gerwig like... to make everything. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, how about the uh, Biscetti? Biscetti. <laughs> Do you like worms? <laughs> Why are you eating worms? I always say that when we're eating pasta. Mm -hmm. Every time we're eating pasta, I'll look at Cameron and I'll say, you're eating worms. <laughs> we stole that one from the Lost Boys. Yeah. <laughs> but what about what, what, what about Nick when you try to do it with something else and it's like, well, it, it only works with spaghetti. <laughs> it only works with, with things, things that are like already worms. Look already like worms. look like worms. <laughs> like and noodles. he's like, well, he knows it already. Oh, God, that was, uh, honestly, I forgot how disgusting it is, him puking up His all that throat, blood. Yeah. Like, projectile vomiting blood. What, what, and one, so one disgusting. Thing that, one thing that I wrote down about halfway through the movie is, like, I would say this is a genuinely dark comedy. Oh, super. Like, I think a lot of people at this point, because we live in the age of the internet that we live in, People just associate dark comedy with like, I just say really edgy shit that's yeah. like not really funny. It's just meant to be shocking. But like, I think this is like a quintessential example of a really well done dark comedy because like the subject matter is inherently dark. Like the scene that we're talking about earlier with him. Uh, with the woman that he brings over, yeah. Viago, and he's like setting up all this stuff and like, you know, he's going to kill her and he does kill her. And then he makes a giant mess anyway. It's disgusting. And like, he it's hits the artery. Funny. Yeah. It's funny, <laughs> but it is like, yes, like these, the, like we are watching these like characters in the context of this universe, just like kill people because that's what they do. <laughs> and it's like very matter of like very matter of fact. But it is, but or there's like the, humor in it, and I think that's, I think that is like really, uh, that's what it takes to have like a true, genuine dark comedy. It's not just saying and doing shit that you know is going to be offensive. It's taking inherently like negative situations and then making light of it, light of it, or not even necessarily light of it, but finding like humor in that <laughs> yeah like uh like like taika's uh uh familiar that that he facetimes oh <laughs> yeah like, I've, been, I've been waiting <laughs> so long master i've done nothing with my life and, he, and yeah. Stu just goes yeah you just you just end it 
you just end the video. Yeah. You, you don't have to stay on this call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or when um when Peter dies and he gets he gets burnt up and um and what's his name? Vlad. He starts talking to the cameraman and he's like, get that camera out of here. Our friend's just been killed in a fatal sunlight accident. <laughs> oh, man. It's so, it's just, it's so good. Um, are we doing, are we just doing some quotes here real quick? Cause I, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, my favorite thing is not my favorite, but this is one of my favorite Taika deliveries. Is when the cops come over. Yes, and he I starts... think you're about to say the line that I wasn't gonna say, but do, you do it. Say it. You can say it. Okay. He's like he's talking about the cops, and then he starts talking to the camera like solo, and he's like, "We can't have police over yep. here." And then he's like, "And then you know, once the police are here, there's probably gonna be Christians over here, and that's the last thing we yeah. need." If we kill the police, then there's gonna be more, more police. police, and then possibly, possibly even Christians. Even Christians <laughs> which is the last thing we it's need. so funny it's so that funny that got me good uh, <laughs> or, which is or you, you, I, I wrote it down like verbatim here <laughs> he says possibly even Christians which is the last thing we need in this house in this house is Christians <laughs> in this house um, I really liked when like the cops are still at the end, the cops are still like, like uh, Viago's hypnosis is still working on them mm -hmm. when they find Stu's like mangled <laughs> body from the werewolves. Yeah. And they just think it's like a dog. Yeah. And they find that poor little border collie. Yeah. They're like, he's going to have to be put like, down. We're going to have to put this thing down. And then the other guy's like, look what you did. <laughs> look what you did. <laughs> and, the then they, and then he starts sniffing and they're like, oh, he's still hungry. Yeah. <laughs> he still, he smells the scent. He's not finished yet. And which is like, like, it's another a thing. It's like, did that? <laughs> yeah, it's like the same thing though. It's like that dark, that dark humor part. It's like the, it's because the joke is like, they're just going to kill this innocent dog yeah right but like it is it's so funny uh, yeah that it's like the uh, but like uh, the actual you know the other twist on it is that it is like why would you think that just a just a regular domesticated dog would like rip somebody's intestines like, out yeah <laughs> like literally mauled um Another line that I really liked was from Vlad Vladislav at the beginning when they're talking about like how they became vampires and everything. Mm -hmm. And he says, I got turned when I was 16. That's why I always look like I'm 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, you do not look 16. Yeah. You look 40 what at least. He, he says something about, he says something like, uh, uh, back in back in those days, it was really hard to be a sixteen year old or something yeah, like some sort I of thing. Like, yeah. yeah, I always look sixteen. Like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite Vlad line is like the one with Duncan uh deacon where he goes he goes i think we, i think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool and then flag goes i, I think i think of it like this if yeah. you're gonna eat yep. a sandwich you would enjoy it more if you knew no one had Nobody fucked, fucked it, it. <laughs> <laughs> I also, i've got that one in my list here too oh. Oh, it's so funny um because it, that's a good analogy it's like yeah, yeah no I, I would enjoy the sandwich more <laughs> I really um, like the um the like build up to the 
procession of shame and how like yep how like there he's like on trial and uh taika's character viago is like i really didn't want them to do this and jermaine's <laughs> like you said yes like you wanted to do this yeah um and so you think it's gonna be something like super terrible and they're just walk around him and shame shame shame, shame. <laughs> also though that trial scene has one of my favorite cuts in the whole movie um i'm because i'm such a sucker for a good like a good a good joke based around editing i think those are like some of the funniest parts of like any movie is if you can if you could tell a joke with just a cut and it's the it's the beginning of that trial when it's nick sitting in the chair with the three portraits behind him and then it cuts to the three of and them doing the exact same picture yeah, poses that. in the same place and it cuts back and forth like twice it's just it cracks me up every time yeah, they're standing in there's their positions yeah it's really good um those are all the things that I had. Those are the funny things that I... Notable things. Anything else that we want to add? Um, um, I think like the one... The, like, well... Try not to is, compare it to the show again, but like yeah. the, one, the one that is just funny that got brought to the show. Like the best comparison is Deacon's uh, Familiar. Oh yeah, I forget what her name, what her name yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, and that's just that's just Gizmo. Yeah, because he wants <laughs> she wants to be turned into a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like um, that's like that's what's so grid about this is that this movie is that like it kind of feels like they used they're kind of like all right if this is if this is it what can we do with vampires that live in the real world you know what i mean like like what are the ob <laughs> not just like obvious jokes but like what are the things that we can do with with this yeah like and i think yeah and then like with the show like they just like now are like okay now how can we expand on it where the movie it's like they really get a lot of mileage out of yeah, vampires living in new zealand yeah, yeah. and do. and even and, and even that like more <laughs> yeah more than that like where like having werewolves and zombies and witches mm -hmm. <laughs> like at the end <laughs> i think um, Sue could be a witch yeah i thought that <laughs> yeah i thought that the bit of them like demanding the bouncers to, to invite, let, to them, invite in them in is very funny <laughs> yes <laughs> and they're trying yeah. and they're like so it's that's, the one club like, invite that's us, invite it, us. It's, it's the one club that's owned by vampires and it's vampires. like four people in there and it's just them dancing in the middle of the and the, the bouncers place. like come on in guys yeah <laughs> and then when and then when uh, you've got Deacon who's like super jealous of Nick at first, and then Nick is able to get them into like another club in town because he knows the bouncer there, and he's like, "You'll definitely let us in." <laughs> and then they get in. He's like, he's like rolling his eyes at the yeah. camera the whole time that they're <laughs> clearly in a way better nightclub than they've ever been yeah. in before. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, um, I guess we should probably at least acknowledge the werewolves, not swearwolves, considering we've brought, we've it, up brought like it up like eight so times, times this episode so far. Reese Darby um, playing the alpha male, yeah. and if you've ever if you've ever seen our flag means death, which is the the Taika Waititi uh, produced show on HBO Max that got canceled. any of any um, of like their collaborations yeah. with Taika and Jermaine. He yeah. is the manager in Flight of the Concords. Yes. he's also yep. in Jumanji. Yeah. He's the he's the guy that he's the tutorial guy in Jumanji, both one and two. He's he's great as alpha male werewolf, but he tries to convince the other werewolves not to swear. Yeah, and, and unless it's a full moon. Yeah, because because they're too stressed out. He's stressed. 
No, he's stressed um, out. He's he only allows it for himself. <laughs> he's like, yeah. He goes, wait, what about werewolves? He's like, it's a full moon. I'm stressed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then he's telling him werewolves, not swearwolves. We're werewolves, but it is. not swearwolves. Yeah. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, Appar- apparently, with, I think it, yeah, apparently with those scenes, like, he was pissed off at Taika because like they had a film like really late at night and I think he had like some other things to do and stuff but he wanted to do it because like they're really good mates and mates. like mates. Be- be- because because there like was no script like the dude that comes up to him and asks like for the padlock like that was like him like actually getting mad <laughs> like in that yeah. scene he's like just because like i guess like jermaine and them kept like taika and jermaine like kept telling him like yeah go up and like do this to him because they knew what would They're piss just, him like, off with him. <laughs> yeah that's so funny that's, uh, uh taika waititi uh secretly stanley kubrick question mark Ugh, but like, like, uh, that's just so because like that seems so funny just like him coming up with the lock and be like i forgot the combinations like oh come on mate like just set it to zero zero i think that's the factory setting now fuck yeah. off <laughs> probably zero 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 um so seabear since your movie was last week why don't you get us started on your rating for what we do in the shadows yeah, what we do in the shadows, like we've been saying, is really good. Like it, it's like I think now with Spinal Tap, I think like for this generation, like our generation, even like the next generations and stuff, I think this will be like the quintessential mockumentary at this point. Yeah, I think I think like a lot of like not saying people will forget Spinal Tap, but I think this is going to be the one where if people are going to be talking about mockumentaries they're gonna be like oh like what we do in the shadows Mm -hmm. will be like the first thing that pops up and i don't think it's because like obviously i do think it's because of the show but i do think like like i think this movie nails it Mm -hmm. because like what freddie was saying of like with the b-roll and everything like the the b-roll is honestly the most impressive thing of just like they didn't have to go that hard and that's what i mean is like they squeeze so much out of just vampires living in new zealand yep and with that I give it a nine out of ten. Great. Ready? Um, the only reason why I, it doesn't get a ten out of ten is because of the show. But this is a movie podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. I uh, honestly, I'm in the same vein as Connor. Say nine out of ten. Four and a half out of five. Um. Like I said before, I love this movie. I've seen it multiple times yeah. now, and I always enjoy it. Um. I just think. It's, I'm such a sucker for like the type of comedy that's in this movie. Like the real dry, like, you know, it's just like the delivery and you either get it, you either got it or you didn't. And (laughs) it's, I'm, I just, I love it. I love it. Nine out of 10 for me. Um, and you know, it teaches you some life lessons like, uh, you know, vampire mates don't eat human mates. <laughs> <laughs> so become a friend with a vampire yeah. and you might not be, be more like Stu. Yeah. Not be just friends. Like Stu. Mates. Yeah. Stu's a great Working role computer, model. Stu, computer I was also logistics. thinking on this watch oh. that. <laughs> so sorry. I just remembered the. I just. Okay, real quick. I just remembered the bit 
at the masquerade yeah. at the end when he's when they say what do you do and he's telling him he's an <laughs> it computer analyst and he works with computer systems and everybody goes he's a virgin yeah. i can smell it <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking that Stu, oh. specifically when Stu was going into detail about his job mm-hmm. i was like oh that's colin yeah um from the show oh yeah um energy vampire the energy material. vampire like he just bores people like mm-hmm. that's his that's his thing. Um, I was like, okay, so they took that and they made him into a whole new vampire. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, I love this movie. I picked it because, well, I had seen it before. I'm a huge Taika Waititi fan. Um, I think he's real sexy and also <laughs> real sexy. really good at what he does. Um, I didn't even hate Love and Thunder, so people can go... I think, yeah, we talked about that already, but um, nine out of 10 for me, four and a half stars out of five. Nine's around the board. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a nine for all of us. I mean, like I I wouldn't give this an A plus. I would give it an A basically, which Mm -hmm. is just like, um, I can't even really pinpoint exactly what I don't like about it. It's not really that I don't like anything. It's just that... Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't feel like I need to justify a nine yeah. out of ten. Like that's great. Like it's, you, it's a great movie. Me, it's me, it's absolutely just, fantastic it's just, on its own, yeah. and it's also a phenomenal pilot episode to for a, a TV great show. TV show for yeah. a great yeah. TV show. Yeah, that's why it's a nine for me. It's just because the show exists. If the show never existed, it'd be a ten out of ten. But the fact that the show exists and it exaggerates more, like you get more mileage out of you know this bit i think that's that's why it's a nine yeah so nines are across the board um before we wrap it up today we're going to recap mockumentary um so freddie you started us off this month with this is spinal tap in 10 seconds can you summarize this is spinal tap let's see it um ready and set go okay this is spinal tap is about a fictional british rock band on a revival tour across america and a whole lot of antics happen okay i think that was right at 10 seconds boom roasted um see bear last week we talked about your mockumentary pick surfs up can you summarize surfs up in 10 seconds Surf's Up is an animated film about penguins, more specifically Cody Maverick trying to become the number one surfer and being taught by Big Z. Wow. Wow, that was like seven. He nailed it. All right. And I don't have to recap what we do in the shadows because we just... No. Emma, today we talked about what we do in the shadows. You have 10 seconds. What is what we do in the shadows? What we do in the shadows is a mockumentary about four vampires um, living in the 21st century in New Zealand and getting up to shenanigans. Good. Right at 10 again. Okay. All right. All um, okay. So besides, we're going to skip this bit this time. Besides them all being mockumentary, mockumentaries, they are, they are fictional documentaries that aren't actually documentaries Mm. besides that uh tie what is how how do these films become a great triple feature 
they all have great examples of um uh improv b-roll like 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 back, cutaways stories yeah cutaways to side characters that are just saying like little one-liner quips to the camera. Yeah, I actually thought about Spinal Tap and Surf's Up while you were talking about the B-roll for what we do in the shadows because mm-hmm. in um, Spinal in this is Spinal Tap they have like made up footage of them from years prior mm-hmm. playing on certain TV shows, and that's like you know like feeding into the backstory. And then in Surfs Up, there's a couple things, but I specifically remembered the picture of Cody Maverick's dad right next to what, what <laughs> killed whale. him. Uh, um, yeah, uh, was it a seal or no? It was a killer. No, whale. A killer he whale. Said, yeah, it was an orca. <laughs> yeah, that just like that's what that's what killed him. And he's just like posing, and there's an orca like on his way to kill him yeah Yeah. um so like yeah there's little details like that so it's about the details you Mm -hmm. have to have details to bring it all together and in a normal sort of narrative sort of film where it's not a mockumentary yeah those things are done it's just with whatever photos you have but when you're having to make them up it's like you can find a lot of comedy Mm -hmm. like in the fact that it's like oh like well we know what the story is already so Mm -hmm. we can put like wouldn't it be funny if there was a if the thing that kills him is in the background of the very photo that we show (laughs) of like his dad yeah Um, (laughs) that's funny uh yeah that's a cool tie-in um do you have anything connor yeah i would say each movie's story is more or less about finding purpose in life so like pretty pretty much like with spinal tap it's more of like them as a band trying to Mm -hmm. figure out like what like like who we are because at the beginning of the movie it's like well we're spinal tap like like this is who we are and slowly you see them divulge until the end of like they have to redefine who spinal tap is Mm. and then with surfs up it's about cody maverick you know learning learning more about surfing than what he originally thought it it is about and then with what we do in the shadows it's each except for peter but it's like each of the main uh vampires learning learning you know what what they what they have to to offer and stuff of like you know deacon trying to get over nick vlad trying to get over the beast and then uh taika uh, trying to date, you know, his ninety-something-year-old <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah, it took me ages and, to get here. Yeah, and so it's more of like with what we do in the shadows. It's more of a like, like that dark humor of like thinking about vampires and eternal life and like going through. Because even with Nick, of like realizing, oh shit, I have to be like this forever. <laughs> like not realizing, like like the throw-up scene of like him realizing he can't eat food anymore. <laughs> it's yeah. like damn like like oh i didn't think about that or even like uh the uh, deacon's familiar of like wanting eternal life and then yeah like going with surfs up of like thinking that you want to be you know top of the food chain popular kid but it's more about you know like just we talked about time. last episode yeah, yeah it's all about having a good time and then again with spinal tap it's Life's just more short. about yeah it's just more about <laughs> let's let's Making just be a band together. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I would say that's common too. Like life is too short. Like let's just make music together or let's just surf or like let's just be cool vampires. Yeah. Um let's just I be would flatmates. say that these yeah, these three really and I'm and I'm 
it's going to be a weird point because it's kind of like about how they're different. But I think what they all do is show what you can do with this style of filmmaking Mm -hmm. because they are all so different. Like you have Spinal Tap, which is about a bit. It's a music movie. It's about a rock band. You have Surf's Up and that's basically a sports movie. And then you have What We Do in the Shadows, which is basically a dark comedy um and just i think a normal it's, like a, it's almost like it's like a slice of life with a twist sure yeah it's subject yeah, yeah. subject piece yeah anthony weiner type of documentary freddy catch yeah. me yeah. so yeah i think that um <laughs> i think they all like i mean I, yeah i do think by what y'all said there's similarities but i think their uh variety is actually what makes them a good yeah. triple feature yeah, it shows, yeah. like you were saying, it's like, it emphasizes the, uh, the just style. how broad the style can be. Yeah. Um, and I had a good time watching all of these movies. I hadn't seen This is Spinal Tap before. I hadn't seen Surf's Up before. So mm-hmm. those are now on my 2024 first watch list on Letterboxd that I keep private until the end of the year. Nice. Because I rate them. But um, yeah um yeah yeah cool. I, one cool thing beans. one thing that I also like and it's more so with like Spinal Tap and what we do in the shadows is I realized about twenty minutes into the chat uh, into what we do in the shadows how similar the comedy is and it's just that sort of like dryness um and like growing up on this is Spinal Tap it's like I'm like watching what we do in the shadows again I'm like it's really not surprising that I was as drawn to this movie as I was like from the jump <laughs> for sure because they do have that very similar sort of dry like kind of british humor yeah british um, british colony yeah that works really <laughs> well for something where you're trying to fake reality mm-hmm. so to be able to like play all of your humor very straight at, like works well with that yeah um good stuff guys um that wraps up <laughs> january's theme mockumentary we are not going to reveal february's theme until next week what are we doing next week guys we're having a, break. a special <laughs> episode. It's kind of a special episode. I'm getting have... my teeth done next week, so <laughs> that's why we're recording so early. So true. That's why we're recording early. So yeah, it'll it'll be a little bit. Hopefully, see bear, you are Hopefully recovered better. and better yeah. and yeah. able to sh- to talk. <laughs> um, but we're gonna have a we're gonna have a guest. Um, Joel is gonna return. Um, if you don't know Joel, he was a guest on the Full Metal Jacket episode, which we referenced earlier to talk about his Killers of the Flower Moon connections and his review on Letterboxd. But um, he's going to be back and we are going to um, talk about the Oscar nominations because the Oscar nominations will have uh, been announced uh a little bit before we record that episode and we're also going to share our best of the year 2023 we're going to share our top, top 10 two. so um freddie seabear joel if you're listening be ready to share top 10 
Get the damn. I think I pretty much have my list locked. I'm still. I'm still. There might be some shuffling, but it's lower at the bottom. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm got doing my top, some I got my top re-watches. five locked for yeah. sure. Doing some rewatches, catching up on stuff I might have missed, but mostly, I think I got an idea. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so look forward to that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us, and um, we'll be back with our best of 2023 episode. Thank y'all for sticking around. Yep. Make sure you rate and review the podcast. That really does help us uh, get new listeners, get people who want to be listening to find our podcast. Um, And also uh, follow us each on Letterboxd and follow us Triple Feature Pod on Instagram. Yep. Yep. All right. That's it for today. See ya. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Have a marvelous day. Bye bye.